Welcome everyone to Jimmy and Neil Have Problems. Today we're talking about the fact that local libraries are constrained by resources and culture. So Neil, I guess, what do you think of those as the levers? Like resources and culture? Yeah, I think um, those are really the two main levers. Um, Jimmy and I previously talked about this and, and he had a, a couple more and, and really I said, no, it's it's just money and culture or, or resources and culture. And, and you know, really yeah. that, that resources is a big catch-all. Yeah, I, and I think because it kind of breaks down and they interact in interesting ways. So like the employees means that's who curates the collection and that's based on how much money you have and where your branch is located. And mm -hmm. yeah, it kind of all boiled back to resources and culture yeah no so if you're in a, a small community you might only have you know one part-time employee and it's you know some grandma who's been there for you know <laughs> however knows whoever knows how long and depending on what that grandma likes or doesn't like you can get pretty interesting and, and biased um, representation of the books yep um, whereas if there's, you know, lots of employees, even if that same grandma is working there, their repre or, or their proposed, you know, curation might only be, you know, a quarter of what is available if there's four employees. Yeah, that's an excellent point. Yeah, I would love to know a little bit more how the curation process worked. I reached out to someone from my local library, and I was like, hey, how do you pick books? And he's like, I don't know. I don't pick the books. And I kind of, he said that for the Los Angeles public library system, there's someone like higher up that does it that's not okay. at the individual branch, which I thought was interesting. So I would like, I want to, that's one of my questions is how does this yes. really work? How does the curation work for these um, things? Yeah. I know I've seen some libraries where it's, you know, like there's the staff picks. You know, yeah. And then it's like, Kate picked this book and, and John picked that book. Um, and then there's, there's real visibility where it's not like this is a good book. It's this person liked this book. Um, but, yep. but then I, I don't know, yeah, how, how do those larger cross-library curations work? And, and how does, you know, yeah, big promotion, you know, if there's a, a book club, how does that book get chosen? And, and I don't know. Yeah, there, you're right. There's a lot of layers to the curation, right? There's, like, the collection as a whole. Then there's, like, what gets promoted within the collection. And then there's, like, seasonal promotions. Yeah. yeah, and I'm not sure. One thing that I found was really interesting was the the fact that, one, so the source of this problem was I have a Los Angeles library card and a Grand Rapids one, and I use the e-books all the time. And what I found was there's a discrepancy between what Grand Rapids has and Los Angeles. And I was really surprised because it's a digital collection. Theoretically, you could have as much as you want. And what I learned talking from the person at the public library, he said that it's the publishers that set the limit on how many times a book can be loaned out mm -hmm. and you mm -hmm. still have to like buy the rights to it, which I think is really interesting. I think I'm curious, I would love to push that lever all the way down and say you could loan out as many digital books as you want and see what happens. 
Because I mm-hmm. don't think it would be as apocalyptic as people think. People love physical books. They love to own things. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. I think that's an interesting question is what would it look like if you could have any book at any time? Via- I think it, it, it doesn't change a ton. Um, but it, yeah. it's these publishers, if they're the ones making the decision, it's because they are primed in a physical media where there are physical restraints, right? Mm-hmm. If I have a copy of a book, I can't give it to everyone who wants it at the same time. Um, yeah. And we're just not in that shift yet. We haven't hit that shift where it's like, oh, actually everyone can, can read it at the same time. Like, it's digital. It doesn't. It can be infinitely copied with no, you know, decrease in, in quality. Well, I think that's their concern, actually, is that if there's free ebooks available, nobody will buy the book. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's fair. And I'd be curious why that why they got to that thinking. I'd be curious if anyone has tried to give away books because I think that would solve this problem. It, if we had every book available or most books available for free online via the library, these curation like you effectively take the funding lever out, right? I've got a question for you. Have yeah. you ever gone and read a book you borrowed, an ebook you borrowed from a library? And then bought that same ebook. No, but I've bought the physical copy. Yes. Yep, yep, yep. But I've never bought the ebook, no. Uh, I have one counterexample. Okay. And, and it's Designing Your Life. Ooh. I read that book. I borrowed that book and then I bought a Kindle copy. Mm. But every, t- every other time, if I want the book, I want the physical book yep. and not the ebook. So, yeah. so then I, I, I think that's counter evidence against like we don't want to we don't want to to have infinite copies of of the ebooks because you know I, I'll sure I can wait three weeks to borrow the book and then if I really want it I'll buy a physical copy. Yeah, and I think that's I think an interesting way to think about it, and I, this makes me kind of want to start a publisher and try this is. What uh, it's like that's free marketing essentially. If someone can pre read the book, like that is f- free marketing for you, and the mm-hmm. distribution is taken care of by the library. Like, that's really interesting to me. That makes me want to start a publisher and partner with mm-hmm. libraries in that way. Yeah, but, basically, it's saying that ebooks and physical books are not competitors or not yes. major competitors, which I mean is largely true. The, e- the penetration of ebooks is very low in the market it's surprisingly mm-hmm. low yeah. hmm. it's like yeah. only 30 percent of people read ebooks i need to check that but i was shocked mm-hmm. i was like i mostly read ebooks this is surprising but yeah are there any bright spots i so i think um just funding local libraries better we've talked about with our incubator problem that incubators are ineffective we talked about the importance of libraries and the return mm-hmm. on investment for libraries for public money is insane. So I think funding libraries is a bright spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's more details on that in the book Palaces for People by Eric Kleinberg. Yep, that's a great connection. So actually I have more solutions than bright spots. So okay. one is an open source national library using Kindle borrowing. So Kindle has a built-in borrowing feature. And what I was thinking is basically if enough people just buy up Kindle books and then 
allow you to lend them like one-to-one peer-to-peer you can mm-hmm. open source this and create mm-hmm. your own kind of library mm-hmm. and so like for example i think it'd be fun for us to do this it's just like have a shared google sheet where it's like these are the books i own via kindle and these are oh. you know just yeah, we yeah. can borrow and then just like scaling that would be fun mm-hmm. so that's one another yeah. one oh go ahead I wonder how, you know, you know more computer programming. How easy would it be, like, a, a pull system, an automated pull system on that? Yeah, like, to, to check if you have the book? Well, no, to, to you know, if it's like, oh, I want to borrow this, you know, and Jimmy has it. How easy would it be to set up a pull where it's like, I, you know, I can manually input the, the pull request and then... The system goes and it checks, you know, when your last usage of it was. And then if it hasn't been used in the last month or something, it automatically lends it to me. You could do that via Readwise, potentially, when the last highlight was or something like that. Um, But I think more simply, I think you could just put your Kindle Borrow link out there when you're ready okay. or maybe you could automate it so that when you finish reading the book it automatically posts the Kindle link to the Google mm-hmm. sheet so I yep. think that'd be the easier ways to do it from your end yeah okay um, the next solution and maybe this is a bright spot is I think to diversify local libraries starting with the little free libraries is I think really smart because you mm-hmm. can dramatically change the diversity of that really quickly so i think actually you have funding um culture and size right size of the library because the smaller it is the easier it is to change the larger it is the harder it is yep um and then kind of another layer on the open sourced national library is an international one Right, because I think it's challenging to get books in different languages, and I think that's actually a really great way to learn. That's one of the ways I learned Spanish is I picked up Aragon mm-hmm. in Spanish, and so making like it'd be great if when I got onto Libby, I could read Aragon in five different languages, you know, ten different mm-hmm. languages. Yeah, yeah. And then the last one is a scoring system for the collection so there i have in the show notes a couple examples of scoring systems but i think it'd be fun to compare the diversity of collections and have Mm -hmm. some type of metric that breaks down you know how diverse and interesting a collection is Mm -hmm. yeah and i think it'd be a fun metric for cities honestly i would love to see that just to kind of peek Mm -hmm. at where i might want to move yeah it'd be you know you and i have talked about metrics for for choosing cities to live in, and that'd be a yeah. really interesting finger on the pulse mm-hmm. um, that that would be easy to cross compare yep like and another one is just library funding i'd love to see mm-hmm. uh, there's actually a site linked in the show notes that does show library funding mm-hmm. it'd be fun to move into neighborhoods that specifically fund their libraries really well as that seems like a good indicator yeah, yeah. Yeah, my solutions are a little bit more based off of my levers. Um, so the the money you're funding lever, more is going to be better than than less. So yep. if you pull that up, um, you get interesting solutions. You know, kind of easy to think about. It's just like 
bigger libraries, better resources, more more people, more curation, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. Um, and then the culture really that goes into restraint slash banned um, books. Yeah. And then if you have no restraint, um, that's bad. Like there, there are some concepts and, and some topics that either you're not old enough um, to handle or, you know, we, we don't really want, you know, there are good to have restrictions for some people. There's a book about like making bombs and poisons and, you know, mm-hmm. da, da, da. and a lot of people argue that for free speech, you should have it available. I disagree. I don't, I don't want just the person down the street having easy access to I don't want that access either. There yeah. are some people for whom that is, you know, good and appropriate for them to read. But for most or many, that is not the case. And, you know, if you, if you have the lever of funding all the way up and, and you assume that they have all the books available, so then they would have that book. And then it's how do you, how do you meter that book? Um, and then on the other extreme... All restraint for books, that's also bad. You can't read. Yep. And then the question is, how do you find a happy medium? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the best way to find a happy medium is, like, I think it's interesting. I think you can have uh, curation without bans, right? Just, mm-hmm. it's really simple. I think bans are often excessive in mm-hmm. the sense that, like, just don't curate it. Like, yeah, it's it's don't curate it, and if it's really bad, don't show it, don't have it listed in the collection. But you know, if if you you know specifically ask about it, then you can eventually get it. I think it's a lot like nudge, like mm-hmm. a, a nudge approach to this, where it's like it's like available to some extent, but really like just challenging to get, and not yep. in a like a antagonistic way. It's just it's not a priority. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So All right. How full is your bookshelf? That sounds very innuendo innuendo-y, but uh, I like I, it. It's fairly full. I really like the idea of an open source library using Kindle borrowing. I would mm-hmm. I I'm interested to try that out now on Alpha and see just how hard that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for me it's about half full. Um I like libraries. Um but mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, okay, but I also sort of use the constraints of my local library as a filter to to prevent my backlog of books from from growing even faster than it already does. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not the worst problem in the world to have. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, let us know what you think of your local library, ideas you have, and solutions. Our contact info is in the show notes, um, just at the bottom in the description. So thank you so much for joining us, and have a wonderful day.